fires, street agitators, looting, and attacks on police? No, I'm not describing the United States. I'm describing the situation in the South American nation of Chile. Today, we look at this paradise loss to revolution and how, if we're not careful here in the U.S., we may find ourselves, like Chile, on the verge of a new socialist constitution. You're watching Anarchy in America with Christian Gomez. Joining us back on the program to discuss the relevance of Chile's ongoing revolution to our plight in America and where the radical Marxist left would have the United States go is Leah Southwell. Up until recently, Leah has been living in Santiago, Chile, which has been considered for a long time to be the economic miracle of South America. Now she is living in the United States, where she's the field coordinator for the John Birch Society, covering most of Montana, Wyoming, all of Colorado, and part of South Dakota. Leah, we are grateful to have you back on the show. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, Christian. Thank you. So the last time that you were here, we were discussing uh, how the communists divide the people. Specifically, we were looking at the country of Chile when, when we had you, and you were discussing a lot of what happened in that revolution beginning in uh, October of 2019. Now, a lot has happened uh, since then, and it looks like uh, the constitution of Chile is the target of the agitators. Now, when this uh, revolution started, was was it clear at the time from the get-go that they wanted to go after their country's constitution, or did that further uh, develop later on as these protests ensued? It developed in the second week. So first the riots began, and I believe eight to ten days after the riots began, suddenly there were a million people who assembled at, at a specific plaza with all of their complaints. And the complaints were very wide-ranging, but the two primary ones that were heard over and over was that they wanted the president to step down and they wanted a people's referendum for a new constitution. And so nothing happened with that and the riots continued every single day and the damages and and property destruction continued until about six weeks into it. And I believe by that time, President Piñera was quite concerned of how much longer can this country last with this kind of violence. And finally, after six weeks, agreed to the people's referendum for a new constitution. But he did not step down himself. And so uh, they were going to have their election last April, and that was delayed due to COVID. And so the election was in October, and 78% of the people voted for a new constitution. And now currently is the process of the campaigning of who will write this constitution. As part of the referendum, it was chosen that it would not be the politicians who would write it. It would be the people who would write it. And there were a specific number of seats. And it was decided in that referendum that 50% of them would be women who would write it. And then later there was legislation passed that 19 of those seats would go to the indigenous Indians. So in other words, the the protesters, they don't trust the politicians down there. They want a people's convention to to draft an entirely new constitution. So who exactly are these people? Is it going to be NGOs that are representing the supposed interests of the people? What could we expect out of this uh, 
um, constitutional convention uh, in Chile. I haven't seen any clear instructions and the people that I've asked don't really even understand how this process is working. And the election was to be this April again. And just since last week, I believe 80 some percent of the country is in complete lockdown again. And so again, this election will be delayed. And so I'm not quite sure who all these candidates are. I know that when I last looked, there were over 1,500 people campaigning to be a part of this. Who's behind them? Who's the money behind? I don't know. Uh, I don't. I haven't seen or heard anybody who's done the research on that, but that would be pretty uh, extensive to have to go through 1,500 people and find out who's funding them and who's behind them. But it is the next interesting thing to follow is who is pushing to be at the table to write this document. What would you say is motivating this change on behalf of these radical protesters to want to change your constitution? What's wrong, if anything, with the document that they've had since the early 1980s? That's a key question that is an interesting point. And that is when the people started to call for this new constitution, I went directly to them and said, if you're in favor of this, please tell me what specifically is wrong with your constitution. And the answer was always all of it. And I would say, why? Because it was written under a a military dictator. And I said, that's all fine and well, but it's already been amended over 200 times. In 2005, the legislators and the president, the socialist president at that time, agreed that this was a good constitution and that they would sign it as though it was a new document. And after 200 amendments, everything objectionable had been taken out. And so I asked the people, what specifically is wrong with it? The problem is that the people don't read their constitution. And when there are problems, it's an easy target to blame the constitution for being the cause of all of your problems. So if you would just rewrite or amend or change your constitution, then you could make all these problems go away. And that's not what the deeper problem is in the first place. But it's an easy target that the naive, innocent, and uninformed would easily fall for. So in America, of course, we have obviously BLM, we have uh, Antifa, many groups that are related, but um, we see that threat here in America, but we haven't yet seen BLM and Antifa directly call for changing the U.S. Constitution. But what you pointed out about blaming the Constitution uh, for their problems, because they don't really know what's in the Constitution, so they just want to change it, we're seeing that happen right now, but not from the left, but coming from people on the right through an organization primarily called Convention of States. Um, do you see uh, Do you see it the same way that, that this COS organization is likewise trying to transform our country's constitution using the, the ignorance of the people? I don't want to assume any intention of Convention of the States. I do see the danger that perhaps they do not see. So Chile was divided in two ways. It was divided economically. It's the rich against the poor fighting. uh, And it's also racial, as in the indigenous Indians, the Mapuche against the government. And so they're dividing us in different ways. I don't think COS is dividing us other than what they're doing is they're dividing 
the right. The right is being divided here. Those who want to protect and defend the Constitution as is, and those who apparently don't really understand the Constitution in the first place, just like the Chileans, and want to say, we have problems, and therefore, if we fix the Constitution, it will fix our problems. So I do see a similarity in that way, in that the danger is in not understanding that the Constitution here in the U.S. already limits the federal government. So that is not the problem. The problem is that the Constitution is not being abided by. And so only someone who doesn't know what the Constitution says and doesn't understand that it actually already limits the federal government would call for changing the Constitution as though if only we would make it clear that the federal government needs to be limited, if only we made that clear, then we could fix this problem. Both of them are connected in a lack of understanding of the Constitution and limitations within the Constitution. And this is the danger that the right does not understand here in the U.S., is that one of the things that they did in Venezuela, the first thing that they did when changing the Constitution was to eliminate the supermajorities, to eliminate filibuster or the three-fourths majority or two-thirds majority. That was eliminated and made it into a simple majority, which made it possible for the socialists and the communists to get anything passed. 50% of the people will support just about anything. With regards to uh, this movement in America to stop the Constitutional Convention or the Article 5 Convention of the States, you were involved in uh, trying to stop that in, in some of the states that you cover for the John Birch Society as a field coordinator. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what you uh, went through this past year in 2021? Yeah, I'd be happy to. It came up very early in the legislative season in uh, January and February in both Montana and South Dakota. And I learned the pattern that's being done. The conventions of the states does focuses only on getting this convention to happen. And they have 30 paid staff members who are out in the field working and in the, what, from their mind, educating the people as to why this is a necessity. And they encourage them to send messages to their legislators and to tell them why this is a good idea. And it's something that we have not been doing and we'll need to do a much better job of educating the people as to why this is a bad thing. And so when I would go to testify in front of the legislature, they would have a good 40 to 100 people there thinking that this is a good idea unprepared to have even heard the opposing side. Many of them came up to me afterwards at the testimony and said, why do you, why are you against this? And once I gave them my arguments, they started to come around and say, oh, wow, yeah, okay, I get this. And so these people are hearing one side of the story and understanding that these amendments would fix all of our problems with the relationship with the federal government. But when you explain to them how that's not going to change it, then they'll change their mind. And so the Convention of States ideal, ideal or, or principle of this sounds really, really good until you look a little bit deeper about what the dangers are involved and who will be involved in the constitutional conventions and the lack of control and the lack of limitations on that convention is what's quite frightening. So while Meckler and the Convention of States Organization may not intentionally be seeking revolutionary change, they claim they want to restore the Constitution despite the fact they want to amend it. Somehow that will restore it. But right. um, uh, 
nevertheless, their intentions may be uh, good to go back to a limited framework of government. Like, but despite the fact, like you mentioned, our constitution already limits um, the federal government. But do you see that 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 this convention of states uh, movement could be a catalyst for the radical left to make their perceived changes that they would love to make um, to the constitution, but that they don't have the maybe the the momentum or force to get to a convention because. So many states are needed to call for a convention, and they don't have that many states on the left. But here's here's convention of states and other groups uh, bringing uh, convention calls in the majority of states across the country. Right. I think this is how revolutions happen in persuading really good people to open a door that they don't understand is a very, very dangerous door. And this is what I was trying to tell in my testimony, is that from my experience from Chile and my Venezuelan friends telling me how it went about in Venezuela, I understand that if they can get the right to unlock the door for a convention, the left would be happier than anything could be. They didn't have to do it. But once that door is open, you will see the roar of the left like nothing before. Imagine that a call actually takes place and a convention is scheduled. Do you think that that would be a peaceful process? Or do you think that every possible protester in the world would be outside the door causing chaos? Absolutely. Of course, we would likely see uh, uh, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, the Sunrise Movement, all these groups we've discussed before, just descending at that convention to make their changes. But Meckler will, would say, and supporters of COS, well, there's a safeguard in Article 5, the safeguard being that three-fourths of the states are needed to um, uh, approve any new amendments or theoretically a new constitution in the form of amendments would you say that that is enough safeguard against a potential revolutionary uh, runaway convention? Absolutely not, because we have precedents knowing at the last convention that they changed the ratification process. So what's to say that at this convention, there's a call for making it this a fair issue and letting all the people have their say in it? What's to say that there is not a call for letting the people choose what they want? And that would scare the bejeebers out of me. Especially considering the last election and uh, how that turned out at the polls um, and whether the American people even trust. I mean, I believe there was a poll that over 70 percent of Americans think that one of the last two elections was cheated, whether 2020 or 2016. Uh, So the American people don't have a lot of faith in our electoral system. And if we went to um, a national referendum, as a means to ratify uh, a modern constitution or a modern slew of amendments to update our constitution, I suspect a lot of people will not go along with that. But once the once that's uh, ratified, it would be really difficult to um, repeal uh, and go back to our current constitution. Well, Leah, we're really out of time right now. We're grateful that you were on the show with us uh, today. Is there any final message that you would say to those out there? Yes, please recognize that the Constitution that was written here 233, 34 years ago was one of the best that's ever been written in the history of mankind, and it's proven itself to be worthy. The problem is not within the Constitution. The problem is that we haven't learned it, we haven't been taught it, and we're definitely not abiding by it. If we were just to get back to understanding and honoring our Constitution, most of our problems would go away and liberty would prevail. 
Thank you so much. Take care and keep up the fight for freedom and defending our Constitution. God bless you, Leah. Thank you, Christian. In order to prevent the revolutionary fate of Chile here in America, we encourage you to safeguard our U.S. Constitution from any attempts to amend, revise, or rewrite it through an Article 5 Constitutional Convention or so-called Convention of States. Communism cannot and will not be defeated by allowing socialists to upend our system through a convention. For more information about the dangers of such a convention, we encourage you to visit us at jbs.org forward slash concon and also read our articles on the New American magazine, warning of the risks associated with an Article 5 convention. Until next week, stay informed and God bless.